Welcome to day 30 of Shaped by the Word, season 3, the story of the prophets. Uh, we're in the middle of the prophet Micah, and of course we're reminded of the historical situation we find ourselves in. Uh, Israel is long past the glory days of David and Solomon. Uh, David was kind of the spiritual uh, high point of the nation of Israel, where the nation was led by someone who worshipped God, even though he was a very flawed king. His trajectory was always back to God. He was one who was after God's own heart. And you'll remember from last year as we read the story of Scripture, every other king would be, you know, compared to David. Either he did not do as David his father had done, or he did as David his father had done. And, and so the nation has fallen into ruin. They're about to reap the consequences of their ruin. The nations are divided. Uh, Israel, uh, you know, during the time of Micah, we're reading, will actually be destroyed by Assyria and, and scattered among the nations, so much so that they'll never be a people again. Uh, they'll be the Samaritans, you know, when we come to the New Testament. And then Judah is also on the verge of judgment as well. So you see Micah also uh, you know, predicting the fall. Of, so Micah is, is, is switching back and forth between you know both kingdoms. He's speaking both to Samaria and to uh, you know Jerusalem. Jerusalem representing the southern kingdom. Samaria representing the northern kingdom. Uh, Hosea would also be prophesying you know, in Samaria at this time, and Isaiah prophesying in the city of Jerusalem, preparing the people, you know, for the. Uh, exile into uh, Babylon. So we come to uh, Micah chapter 3 and, and 4, and you continue to hear the rhythms of, of, of rebuke and restoration, of judgment. Uh, Israel is uh, full of idolatry, or the northern kingdom is full of idolatry. They still pay lip services, you know, lip service, you know, to, to the Lord God and still offer sacrifices to Him, but it's, it's more of a ritual, it's more of a superstition than it is genuine. Uh, righteousness, and, and of course they have not uh, been uh, compassionate, you know, to the orphan and to the widow. They've taken advantage of them, or the immigrant, or the alien in, in their land. And so we come to uh, Micah chapter three. As always, we offer ourselves in the moment to the Lord, realizing that the gift of Scripture as a gift of God's grace, a sanctifying work in our life where he continues the work he began in us. Uh, the moment we receive Christ Jesus as Lord and promises to carry to completion to the day we, we see him face to face, and we certainly want to be for this to be a day in his hands to do his work in our lives through his word so that we reflect his heart and character uh, as we go out into the world. And so, David, do you mind lifting us up before we read? No, let's pray. Father, we do ask that, that you um, would do a work now through your word in our hearts, not just to give us more knowledge and, and, and understanding, but even more than that, that you would equip us and empower us to be your people, um, to live out your heart um, to one another and to the world. And Father, forgive us for the times we failed to do that, um, but we do ask now that you would be at work um, doing that work of renewing and restoring our affections for you. Um, help us to be your people in this time and in this place for your glory and our ultimate joy. We pray us all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, Micah chapter 3. And then I said, Listen, you leaders of Jacob, you rulers of Israel, should you not embrace justice, you who hate good and love evil, 
You tear the skin from my people and the flesh from their bones, who eat my people's flesh, strip off their skin and break their bones into pieces, who chop them up like meat for the pan, like flesh for the pot. Then they will cry out to the Lord, but he will not answer them. At that time he will hide his face from them because of the evil that they have done. This is what the Lord says. As for the prophets who lead my people astray, they proclaim peace if they have something to eat, but prepare to wage war against anyone who refuses to feed them. Therefore, night will come over you without visions and darkness, without divination, and the sun will set for the prophets, and the day will go dark for them. The seers will be ashamed of the diviner's disgrace. They will all cover their faces because there is no answer from God. But as for me, I am filled with power, with the Spirit of the Lord, and with justice and might to declare to Jacob his transgression, to Israel his sin. Hear this, you leaders of Jacob, you rulers of Israel, who despise justice and distort all that is right, who build Zion with bloodshed and Jerusalem with wickedness. Her leaders judge for a bribe, her priests teach for a price, and her prophets tell fortunes for money. Yet they look for the Lord's support and say, Is not the Lord among us? No disaster will come upon us. Therefore, because you, Zion, will be plowed like a field, Jerusalem will become like a heap of rubble, the temple hill a mound overgrown with thickets. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills, and people will stream to it. Many nations will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his path. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between many peoples and will settle disputes with the strong nations far and wide. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Everyone will sit under his own vine and under their own fig tree, and no one will make them afraid, for the Lord Almighty has spoken. All the nations may walk in the name of their gods, but we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. And that day declares the Lord, I will gather the lame, I will assemble the exiles, and those I have brought to grief, I will make the lame my remnant, those uh, driven away from a strong by a strong nation. The Lord will rule over them in Mount Zion from that day and forever. As for you, watchtower of the flock, stronghold of the daughter of Zion, the former dominion will be restored to you. Kingship will come to daughter Jerusalem. Why do you now cry aloud? Have you no king? Has your ruler perished? That pain seizes you like that of a woman in labor. Writhe in agony, daughter of Zion, like a woman in labor. For now you must leave the city to camp in the open field. You will go to Babylon. There you will be rescued. There the Lord will redeem you out of the land of your enemies. But now many nations are gathered against you. They say, let her be defiled. Let our eyes glow over Zion. But they do not know the thoughts of the Lord. They do not understand his plan, that he has gathered them like sheaves to the threshing floor. Rise and thresh, daughter Zion, for I will give you horns of iron, I will give you hooves of bronze, and you will break into pieces many nations. You will devote their ill-gotten gains to the Lord and their wealth to the Lord of all the earth. Uh, you have a kind of an interesting uh Interesting juxtaposition, chapters mm-hmm. you know two and three. In chapters you know two, uh, you have uh, therefore because of you Zion will be plowed like a field. This is quoted in Jeremiah chapter twenty six, and then when you look at uh, you know uh, four you know one through three, it's almost identical with Isaiah. 
So this is the kind of the intersection between Jeremiah and Isaiah in, in, in the middle of this and how the prophets uh, build on each other, learn from one another, quote you know, one another, and, and obviously have the same heart and the same voice you know, as, as they come together. And again, you have the rhythm that you, know, that you, you have in, in Scripture, an oracle of condemnation and judgment with oracles of comfort mixed in. Mm-hmm. And as these are speaking about you know, two different times. You know, God will bring about his judgment. Even though the people are, the language here is, 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 is really harsh in what you're doing to my people. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other words, it's, it's a vivid, obviously, this is not what is happening. What's happening is they're taking advantage of the people. They're uh, taking their money from them. They're leaving them in poverty. They're leaving them without resources. But it's a vivid description. It was as if you were cannibalizing, you know, the poor, you know, for the sake of your, your own prosperity. And, and so it's a very vivid kind of thing. Yeah. And you, you know, we talked about this, I think in Micah 1, where you get Micah begins wide, you know, this wide scope where he addresses all the people here, you know, everyone on the earth here. But now he's zoomed in on the leaders and the prophets. And, and so if there was a people that should have been leading injustice and still seeking the Lord and seeking the good of his people, it, it should have boiled down to these people, the leaders and the prophets. But even here, you know, you have, <laughs> they're devouring people and the, the image is graphic. You know, and and it says, should you not embrace justice, you who hate good and love evil? And then he goes on, hear this, you leaders of Jacob, you rulers of Israel, you despise justice and distort all that is right. And, and there it is, and we're going to see more and more of it from from Micah. But God's people aren't pursuing justice; they they don't love what is right. No, and and it's from you know it's from high to low, even those who are being devoured and having their flesh torn to pieces. Uh, will cry out to the Lord, but he cannot answer them because their ways are, are wicked. And uh, we're reminded, you know, from you know from the Psalter where David had said, "If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not will not hear me." And, and of course, there's this nice little section, you know, where the nations are looking into a nice little section. I don't know why I always say it, but it's just kind of a, you know, it's very poignant. You know, where you have the nations looking on and observing the disaster of Israel and gloating over it. The Lord says, you have no idea what my plans are. My plans will be to restore you and to bring you back and to uh, restore the fortunes of the nation. So the the momentary judgment is for the purpose of immediate rebuke, but also long-term calling his people back. I love that movement. The nations will look on and gloat. And then in the movement, once you know it's restored, the nations will come and say, yes. you know, and we're seeing the, the gospel here that, I mean, God's heart, this was always meant to go to all people. And there's a cool visual, yeah, going from the people being devoured and, and you know, the leaders, they're, they're just judging for a bribe. The priests, they're just teaching for a price. Even the prophets tell fortunes for money. But then there is this sweet spot in, in 4 verse 3, you know, there will be this time when, the swords I should be beat into plowshares. The spears, they'll be pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. I just love that, the visual of that, of seeing all these things I just used to destroy and divide and, and conquer and, and wage mm-hmm. war. No, those things are going to be redeemed and they're going to be turned into flourishing. And and what a beautiful thing to think of. Uh, there'll be no more yeah. hostility and... And war and pain, and we have no vision, you know, uh, today of how rare, you know, how rare iron was, you know, during the time of, you know, Saul and the two swords in all of Jerusalem. Uh, one belonged to Saul, and the other one belonged to his son Jonathan. 
and uh, everyone else was going to war, you know, with this you know, wooden sticks, and as far as far as mm-hmm. you know, as far as that goes. And so, if you had a piece of iron, you had the question: What do I use this for? Do I use this to wage war, or do I use it, you know, to uh, to plow a fertile field? Mm-hmm. And and so, because of the peace that the Lord will bring, and that, that's going to be a common phrase all the way through. I, you know, Isaiah obviously will call mm-hmm. him the Prince of Peace, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Jeremiah will speak of the one who brings us, you know, peace, and it is a very, you know, very vivid image. I like the way that you know Isaiah. I mean, you know, Micah describes himself, you know, in verse eight, uh, you know, of chapter three, it says, "But as for me, I'm filled with power, with the spirit of the Lord, with justice and might, to declare to Jacob his transgressions, Israel his sin." Mm-hmm. God has, has given me the sense of boldness and the sense of righteousness and his spirit in order to say the hard things that need to be said uh, to them. And, and, of course, we see here that this is, <clears throat> when you come to Isaiah, a similar description uh, of, the coming, uh, of the coming servant, mm. uh, one who is filled with power, with spirit, with justice and might, mm. in order not to declare transgressions in that particular instance, but to declare hope. Yeah. So yeah. Jesus is our true and better Micah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Micah is just Micah or any any yeah. prophet. I mean, you know, Jesus is our true and better prophet. Mm-hmm. It would be a, you know a better way to say it. But everything that you see, you know, in Isaiah or Jeremiah, you know, that is that is true and good, obviously will be mm-hmm. far more uh, emphasized or far more you know, visible in, in our in our Lord. I mean, I like what you said earlier. You know, this has just all that ebb and flow of there's being a judgment but then there's also the restoration and the hope and you see that um which i like in four six in that day declares the lame i will gather declares the lord i will gather the lame i will assemble the exiles and those i have brought to grief and then he also just speaks of a time of um for now you must leave the city to camp in the open field you go to babylon there you will be rescued there the Lord will redeem you out of the hand of your enemies. And I just love how, while this will happen, um, none of this has taken the Lord by surprise. This is just part of you know what He is going to do to, to bring them back no, and to it, restore them. It will them. take the people by surprise, but it all falls under that. Uh, these are the plans of the Lord. Right. His, his judgment, you know, one of the things we say about the character of God is He is, he is all wise. In other words, in all of his ways, he does what is exactly right mm-hmm. for the best benefit of his people. And that's mm-hmm. true both in judgment and in restoration. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've gone a little bit over our time today. So, Matt, uh, why don't you quickly pray? pray. <laughs> no, that's okay. You pray as long as you, you need to pray. <laughs> yeah, let's pray. Father, we do thank you that you are um, you're wise, you are loving, you are just, um, you are holy. and. And Father, we marvel at um, all that you've done in Christ Jesus to rescue us and redeem us and to restore all things to yourself. And so, Father, would you give us eyes to see and ears to hear? Would we be people who are quick to repent and and turn towards you? Um, Father, would you bring more and more refreshment um, that we may walk with you and enjoy you? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.